The, the Donut Donut Box. The Donut Box. What's up, guys? It's Joe, and welcome to the Donut Box, where we unbox stories and talk about things we usually don't talk about. And today, we are going to be talking about sugar. Yes, please. I asked you guys on Instagram what are the common misconceptions and myths about sugar that you want to talk about, and we got a lot. Are fruits high in sugar? Are fruits bad? Does sugar make you hyperactive? Are sugar alternatives better? Well, if you're ready, let's unbox this story. It's gonna be a sweet one. Today's unboxer is another fellow registered nutritionist and dietitian, a researcher, public speaker, and a university instructor. So she will definitely school us today. Everyone, let's welcome Karin Simon. Hi! Thank you. Yeah, I'm so excited for today's um, conversation. No, uh, thank you so much for being here. How are you? How are you today? Um, I got a lot of struggle this morning. Um, dapat yesterday tayo magpa-film, but of course, thank you so much for understanding the struggles of a university instructor. <laughs> That's okay. We were supposed to film last week, diba? but then I got... I got sick naman, so it, it was a lot of things, but we're finally here, and I'm really excited for today's conversation. Um, yeah, let's start off with why an R&D? This is my question to every R&D that's been here. Why? <laughs> First of all, since I'm much bigger than, than the ordinary, yeah, and I'm plump. So I never had an, a face na sexy or payat, you know, when I was in high school. So when I started to look for courses that I wanted to have during the college days, um, I told myself, okay, can I just um, enroll in BSND or Nutrition Dietetics so that I'll try to, you know, be my first client. So I was thinking when I enrolled in this um, course, I would be sexier if I got out. But, of course, there's this of events and maybe God has this purpose talaga where, uh, why he made me take this course. So when I was in first year, my Lola got, um, uh, was diagnosed with dementia and she wa- and, the, and the doctor would want to insert a peg tube. So that was the time, and I think that was my calling na, the Lord put me into that position so that I Nanai would be my first client and not myself. So then on. And I pursued that one. I did not look any for I did not look for any course after that because I think God made me pursue that course because of my nana. Oh, oh that's so nice. I, I like how it started off as like Baryang and you know how we always Yeah. Well not shallow but more of you know it starts off it usually starts off with like weight loss like for me that was also the same thing like that's why I, I did it but for a different reason because I was a dancer and like all of that pressure and I was so sick of fad diets and I was like I wanted to lose weight in another way but then there's another aspect of nutrition that like clicks with you and you're just like wait it's like there's more <laughs> and it's always fun when it's like that uh we're a university instructor what's it like like I always imagine I for me, because my experience with my instructors is different to talk to one. How's that? I guess it's 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 different 
in my case because some of my students were like my juniors. Um, some of my students were just two years of uh, age different difference. So some of them call me Ate. After graduate or the year after, I'm now the instructor. So first, it's very awkward that they call me ma'am instead of ate. That's why I encourage them to call me miss. Because <laughs> at least not And then on the transition stage, since yeah, medyo awkward siya for me. But I treat them also as my friend. And um, when I'm still studying, since elementary, all my friends, all my acquaintances call me at the car. So like, it's it's not hard. It's not hard for uh, for me to teach because I mean, I've been teaching students also when I'm still studying or I'm still here in college before. So yeah, it's not difficult. It's just that my other responsibilities like you know, admin tasks. You know, my papers, but ultimately, I'm still enjoying this one so far. Yeah, I it, it feels I feel like it would be really fun to be an instructor, <laughs> like, but a lot of pressure <laughs> as well. No, yeah. What are your What are the struggles for you? Like, what is your main struggle as an instructor, especially when it comes to like nutrition? Answering their question, oh. probably. <laughs> yes, because. Some of their questions are very random and curious, and some of some of those questions also aren't brought up when I was still studying. So I don't know the answer yet. Yeah, and through that, of course, most people would expect if you're an instructor, you have an answer for everything. But no, <laughs> my past instructor, um, my mentor Sir Wilmore, also told us that it's okay if you don't have any answers. Just come back. For the answer, you just you just um chat them or message them if you already have the answer for the question. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah, I I can feel that. Like even me when I ha- get some ra- like comments on it, TikTok, there are questions that I don't usually get. But like we don't usually there's some some questions where you never really think about it. So when you're faced with a question, you're just like, mm. uh. <laughs> Wait, <laughs> wait a minute. <laughs> this was not part of my syllabus. No, <laughs> uh, you know, as a you're a dietitian, you know a lot about nutrition and dietetics. But it's not like you know every single thing off the top of your head all the time. But there, there are certain things that you have to kind of go back to concepts of as well. No, just like just like anything, <laughs> especially if you're very focused on one specific topic. Like, for example, me, a lot of my focus is really disordered eating, uh, nutrition. So when it comes to, like, other nutrition questions, I have to, like, wait, wait, let me go. Let me me check. Let me take a look at my notes first (laughs) sometimes. Mm -mm. And that's also to give them an accurate answer. Not just to to think on top of your head and just try to get around the bush just to tell them that you have an answer and you're an intellectual. So it's... It's humbling also to get those difficult or like random questions so that you can also have your research on the certain field. Yes, I, I love that also because it's important to be honest, right? And I, I guess it's really scary for all of us to say, I don't know to certain things. <laughs> but when you do, it, it gives you them an opportunity to learn a little bit more as well. So it's just 
pride. <laughs> a little bit of bringing down your pride a bit. <laughs> okay. Uh, speaking of like knowing stuff, diba parang, um, answering questions, all of these things, what do you think is the role of an R&D in today's landscape of information and misinformation? Okay. Um, short answer, it's our role to educate them, generally, of the dialogue. What, as what I always remind my students also, we have to put life on our profession. Let's just not follow those influencers, quote-unquote, that would influence what should, what's the right diet for them or what works for her might work for you. Yeah, that's it. Um, it's to educate. So I think for us students, let's also learn short, uh, I mean, step by step or little by little so that in the future, if we're going to graduate and get a profession and license, at least we're capable of telling them what's right or what's not. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I-, I love what you said. No, to educate is so important. And one of the ways that I like to say it is that our role is to translate science-based information into everyday habits for for individuals, right? Because you'll know about how your body responds to certain foods, but how do you translate that into your everyday, about what's available to you in the context of your life and that's the role of a dietitian versus you see a lot of people online who are spouting all of this like science 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 which gets but some of them are also very exaggerated science as well but then it's not translated to the everyday because because it's like that you don't have the context of somebody's life um in there and that's what a dietitian's role would essentially be since you're talking about misinformation, you know, <laughs> into today's topic, which is sugar myths. Okay, so there's a popular topic. We hear about sugar a lot. We want to learn more about sugar in general. So we asked you guys, what are some of the sugar myths and misconceptions that you've heard of? And we have your answers here and we are going to talk about it. Are you ready for this? Yes, I am. <laughs> Okay, I love it. I love the go-go energy. Okay, let's start first with what is sugar? So just to like put into context for everyone, what is sugar? Sugar basically is what you see in your, in your table. Mm-hmm. It's, it's what you put when you wanted much sweeter coffee mm-hmm. or you add it as a seasoning if you wanted to put a little bit of oomph on your viand. But also sugar, for in a dietitian's point of view, it's also what um, feeds your cells. It's glucose in your blood. So sugar is needed in the body for you to function. It's like a fuel that fuels the car. In our, in our perspective, as human beings, it's what feeds our cells. So that's sugar. Yes. Hi. I love the explanation. So sugar has two different meanings for for dietitians. Usually it's number one, you have your table sugared about what you see on your table. But on the other hand, it's the carbon with hydrogen and oxygen that makes up your monosaccharides, your disaccharides, which come from food itself, broken down from specific foods like carbohydrates and then used by your cells. Um, 
my favorite thing to kind of go back on is like if you remember your Krebs cycle, Ganon, which struggled with <laughs> struggled with in biochemistry, but that's where you could get that concept of like glucose isn't inherently um, you know, a bad thing. Sugar isn't inherently bad because that is what your body converts into your energy source, right? Okay, so let's get into our first one. Woo, okay. Oh, okay, here, this one's the first one. Low sugar and low calorie drinks are lying. So it's not real. When it says zero sugar, zero calorie, it's it's fake. <laughs> What's our say? <laughs> okay, so interestingly, it's very timely, you know, my student asked me about that. What's your, what's your belief, oh, ma'am, or miss, about um, zero uh, soda that claims zero sugar? and no sugar at all. So I asked him, can you look at the ingredients or the nutrition facts? So when they, when he did, it mentioned here that the first the first ingredient mentioned there was acesulfame K, which is an alternative. Yeah. And when you look at also the nutrition facts, there's no sugar right there or like minimal sugar right there. So it's not lying, it's in your face, true. Yes, yes. So I like that you mentioned, of course, we have skeptic, we're skeptical of a lot of the things that we, we see, like, you know, because some of them are like too good to be true kind of thoughts, you know. But we do have a lot of, um, um, they're called like non-nutritive sweeteners, essentially, because they don't really have any nutrients that they give you. They also don't give you energy. That's a big thing. Um, but they have the sweetness of sugar and even enhanced pamor, right? So one of those is ASK. So you know, what is it? Asulfe. Yeah, you also have sucralose, another one if you look at your um your packagings, you have that one. Uh saccharin is another one as well. And then you have aspartame. So those are the ones that if you see it, it's usually gonna have the sweetness, but not the caloric value or the other nutritional things. <laughs> um, but they have the taste in the man overall you have other insights for us about a non-nutritive sweeteners how do you feel about it in general okay so um as what i learned for my four years those non-nutritive sweeteners are also effective in like transitioning from a general diet to a diabetic diet because some of diabetic people are very fond of sweets of course that's why they got that they really got that condition that's why it's a good alternative for you to choose um, in exchange of your sugar. And of course, I forgot what specific um, artificial sweetener that is, but there's this one artificial sweetener that also has calories, but much less than sugar. So I think that's the lesser evil, if, you, if you'd like to say that. <laughs> yeah, but um, studies show that people might become addicted to um, artificial sweeteners, but of course, as far as, far as I know, it is not yet um, established. So just some of the studies, it's not yet um, catered in our profession. Yeah, like we, need more in, we need more information generally. Mm -hmm. Yeah. 
Yeah. Yeah. So there is um there is a, a lot of helpful things about artificial sweeteners, especially for diabetics, because you still want that sweetness, but you still want that joy. So you can definitely get that from from um your artificial sweeteners without having to increase your blood sugar levels. There are some that do have like minimal calories as well. And apart from artificial sweeteners, we also look into sugar alcohols. So there's a difference because with, with these two, but your your sugar alcohols are essentially hydrated uh, carbohydrates, and those are the ones that you'll see in your your nutritional facts as umal my all. So that will be xylitol, mannitol. Uh, yeah, sorbitol also. So these are the ones that you'll read as all. And they also tend to have a lower um lower calorie as well, but high uh sweetness uh, tendency. As for like the addictiveness kasi, of artificial sweeteners, there are some studies that show it kasi, that because it has no sugar and, and like very little calories, your cells don't parang, register that you've eaten sugar which is something that your body still needs. So there are times where even if you're drinking something super sweet, your body doesn't know that you have intaken food because it, your cells don't respond to it. And that's why for some, nawawala yung cravings kasi taste-wise yun. But for some, nag-increase yung cravings because their body still needs that uh, no, that sweetness or that sugar in a sense. That's why it makes sense. Yeah. Because it's what... You work yourself and you don't put sugar in your body. Also, it makes sense. Oh my gosh, I love that. <laughs> yeah, there, there's some that show that. So, parang it it has its up it has its pros and cons it really depends on the person um it can be helpful but at the same time we still don't want to abuse it because some people have also um experienced some negative things like gut issues specific, specifically sa mga sugar alcohols nagkakaroon sila ng bloating gassiness for those with acid reflux baka rin isa siyang trigger for you right so it it's a trial and error sometimes as well all right is there anything else you want to share about artificial sweeteners before we move on to our next speechless it just makes sense <laughs> it just makes sense sugar as I mentioned it fuels the cell so it needs sugar talaga that's why it's addicted in a way it's addictive in a way na yun yung kailangan ng cells natin that's why we're still looking for sugar mm-hmm. yeah we love science <laughs> yeah. so, some show that but of course we still need more information but that can be one of those reasons lang that we look into as well alright let's go to another one the sugar of two slices of bread is essentially equal to eight cubes of sugar hmm <laughs> I love the TikToks that are like this did you know that the sugar of this is the same as this I'm just like Mm. <laughs> mm. Well, I think let's go back to our FCT. So let's go back to. Oh. <laughs> okay, so well, technically, my sugar yung bread, diba? Because like we mentioned a little bit a while ago, carbs are broken down into your sugars, um, except for your fiber, which is a type of carbohydrate, but it's not broken down by, it's not digested by your body. So because bread is broken down, like the starch molecules will be broken down into your glucose, technically it is, it turns to sugar. But you can't compare it to table sugar because it's different in terms of one, its structure, and two, the other things that are part of that food item. 
and bread has fiber. Right? Kahit, kahit papano, mayroong mga breads na very, there are high fiber ones, there are ones that are low fiber, of course, but still, you can't compare the two because your body doesn't respond exactly the same as bread and sugar. So we can't say na parang, stop eating bread. It's like, it's like eating eight cubes of sugar. Like, no, that's, it's not. Because <laughs> it's different, diba? How about you? Yeah, I would agree that your bread is composed of a lot of nutrients compared to a simple cube of sugar. That although there are a lot, there are also traces of vitamins and minerals in the cubes of sugar, but compared to the nutrient value of your bread, your bread is much more dense mm-hmm. per se. So then, you can I, I would agree that you can't compare, but in terms of the carbohydrate content, technically, if you're saying that your carbohydrate content of sugar and the carbohydrate content of your bread might have the same, because as what you mentioned, it can be metabolized in your body similarly. Yeah, and it, it will end up as glucose similar with your sugar. So, technically the same, but it's not at all the same. Yeah, uh-huh. yeah, 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 yeah. So, they both, technically, they both have sugar. They're both carbs. But the way your yeah. body utilizes and responds to it is different. Whereas, mas mabagal or slower yung pag absorb and digest of bread compared to your table sugar if eaten alone, right? But also, we rarely eat sugar cubes on their own. As, unless we are a horse. Yeah. <laughs> unless your horse is like, ooh, sugar cube. <laughs> so uh, that's just nothing to take a look at. You can compare carbohydrate content, but the way it is used and utilized by your body doesn't always have the same pathways in, in, in its source. Something like that. Yeah. We'll go with that. Okay. Yeah. Myth. Busted. <laughs> okay. Let's go to another one here. Ooh, sugar makes your belly bigger. No, it does not. I love the another very it no. <laughs> yeah. It does not. Um, there are also questions like cold water makes your belly bigger, it makes oh, yeah. you fat. Mm-hmm. Let's go back to where your food is is um traveling. So your food travels from your mouth going to your gut. But after that's been um, digested into smaller particles, it will go to your bloodstream. It will not stay in your belly. So sugar definitely does not make your belly sick. Yes, no food is going to go yeah. straight. Well, okay, technically it goes to your stomach, which is like in your belly area. <laughs> but it doesn't stay or turn to fat. Mm-hmm. Yeah, diba? and and nothing inherently wrong with, um, of course, having fat or gaining fat in general. But when we look at it lang in that perspective of there's no specific food that's going to instantly turn into fat and stay in your belly. It's not even going to choose where it's going to stay. Diba? If you gain weight, it's not going to be automatically in the belly. For some people, it's in different parts of your body. So with this, is more of like fear-mongering to scare us of um, parang be afraid of sugar because of all of these things. Unless you're eating in large amounts over time, it's not going to instantly become fattening or be part of your belly. Right? So that's myth busted <laughs> okay let's go to the next one over here here we go donut break add the filling add the frosting let's go 
some quick fire questions to get to know our guest better. Are you ready? Yes, I am. Okay. What is your favorite thing about yourself and why? My confidence. Mm, yes. Uh, that's because when I'm still young, I think I haven't matured because when I'm still young, I'm already matured. So like, there was that I talk like a mature adult when I was still young. That's why I love it because that's why people call me Epicar. And they would they would depend on me. It's my confidence. I love that. I love that. Okay, what is your nutrition hack? Partner, if if you're hungry, just eat nuts. <laughs> yeah, we love the unsaturated fats. Okay, if you were not an R and D, what would you be? A mom, oh. a housewife. I, yeah, <laughs> housewife life. <laughs> what is your favorite song? Lover, Taylor Swift. Oh. <laughs> Sorry, can't can't watch it. This is the last and most important question. What is your favorite donut flavor? Oh my gosh, it's so hard. <laughs> Didn't hear that one. It's the chocolate butter. Um, That's okay. okay. Classic. Okay, we have to eliminate sugar. Do we? Do we have to eliminate sugar? What do you think? I mean, even even though you're a diabetic patient or those patients or clients that doesn't need that much sugar that they have to individuals do, it's not that we eliminate I mean, it's not we eliminate everything. We still need sugar. So how would your cells function? How would you feed yourself? Would you deprive yourself to their food? That's very selfish of you. So let's not eliminate sugar from our diet, okay? Unless there's no exception talaga eh. if you're, you have to have a medical condition yes the right amounts correct yes unless you're gonna do a pet scan which you're supposed to do low carb for like three days because my sister did a pet scan and she had to do low carb for three days we were shocked we were like what <laughs> she was she was like so stressed <laughs> but okay um when we say kasi, you have to eliminate sugar you have to define sugar first in that regard because when you say you have to eliminate sugar what type of sugar are you just talking about table sugar or are you talking about sugar in general which comes from carbohydrates and a lot of carbohydrate sources are are nutrient dense they're high in fiber and all of these things so it has to be you have to define it a little bit more because most of the time people say stop eating sugar it's like wait veggies technically have a bit of yeah like as a veggies have a bit of sugar you know fruits have some sugar like we can't just blanket statement that and when you do eliminate sugar you have to take a look at this perspective of what happens to you mentally aside from physically and emotionally did you see this tiktok where there was this girl who was like i stopped eating for two to two days this is what happened i lost weight i was miserable you know she was saying all of these things and i was just like love the honesty <laughs> I mean, mentally, you already know you're the master of that, no? I will. <laughs> in your field, no? But for me also, it's it's sad. It's just sad to eliminate sugar, especially when, when, you're, when you're craving for something because you're being stressed and you want to reward yourself from something sweet. It's sad if you, like, look at your friends eating food that, or you're, that you're craving. And then, oh my gosh, it's just happening in the 
It's just mentally draining. That's true, right? And most uh, most of the time, you'll actually notice that the more you restrict uh, these foods, specifically sugar, because sugar... But actually, so this is something that we also have to take into a look at. Most people will say, because eliminate sugar because it's addicting or it's bad, you mga ganon. But if you notice, most of the foods that you are quote-unquote addicted to, yung mga sweets natin, mga uh, baked goods, they're not sugar on their own. But they're sugar with fat or a little bit of protein there, there's a mix of different things there so it's not inherent it's not like sugar on its own is what we are calling quote-unquote addictive although the jury is still out on food addiction because most of the time addiction to food comes from restriction um, of food but generally when we look at that eliminating certain foods just makes you want it more right? it makes you feel more stressed around it and and having that feeling of um just being left out in certain situations. Uh, my sisters and I did this 30-day no sugar challenge once. And on the 31st day, we ate all the sugar plus more. So, para, <laughs> an point. <laughs> you just deprive yourself of happiness for 30 days. Mm, yes, yes. And then made it uncomfortable on the 31st. <laughs> What's your say on the whole concept of sugar is bad? sugar is inherently bad what would you say to that it's not put sugar a bad thing but um we generally biochemically speaking let's go back to that our body needs sugar and sugar is from a plethora of food items so parang when when we talk about sugar as a bad thing as a bad stuff that we stuff in our mouth you're depriving yourself of First, the happiness that you get when you eat sugar. And second, you're depriving yourselves from the food that they need for, for them to function for your body. So it's it's not bad. It's actually good in moderation and in the rightful amounts, of course. That's why you need to talk to a dietitian. Yes, yes. I love that. It's the smooth. I love the smooth. You gotta talk to your dietitian. <laughs> yeah. But it's true, Diva. Because uh, if you look at it, there isn't really a food that is inherently bad or good. It really depends on the amount. And if you struggle with the amount of a specific food, that's where you have to look at the overall quality of your your diet, um, specifically also your relationship with food. Because most of the time, it's individuals who struggle with restrictive dieting that struggle with finding balance in their diets because they're, they have the all-or-nothing mindset, the back and forth with specific foods. But I read this article that talked a little bit more about sugar. And they were like, sugar isn't inherently bad talaga, because it has a lot of benefits or it does a lot of things for our body still. But what we notice in most diets, it's not so much about the sugar itself, but what sugar replaces in those diets, right? Which is fiber-rich sources. It is your unsaturated fat your protein sources, and your high-fiber carbs. So that's really what you have to look at. Is sugar the main thing in your diet? That's why you feel like sugar is so bad? Or are we missing a lot of nutrients? And that's why we aren't feeling our best overall. It's not the sugar, but what sugar tends to replace when we don't focus on a balanced diet. Oh my gosh, I love that. <laughs> I know, when I read it, I was when when we talk about the general diet of the general population, there's pinga, penoy, food mm-hmm. pyramid, and it's 
it's not necessarily space there that you have to consume sugar or not at all. Mm-hmm. It's just space there that you have this certain proportion of sugar and fats on the tip of the pyramid. So, mm-hmm. that's why when you mention what the sugar replaces because of the nutrients, our body compromises to eat. Mm-hmm. Parang, natin nabibigay yung kailangan ng katawan. That's why the sugar compromises for that. Yes. I love that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because we also have a tendency to not feel satisfied with most of the foods that we eat. And then you're feeling addicted na to sugar. You're feeling like, no, because I have to eat more talaga. Like, I just can't stop eating. Then you take a look. Oh, maybe it's because wala talaga yung satiety. Kasi kulang tayo sa fiber, which really helps with your satiety um, in your meals. Um, kulang sa protein, also very helpful for satisfaction. Diba? So we want to just take away the blame a little bit on sugar. <laughs> Give sugar a break. <laughs> but look also at the other factors. And it's not to say that it's your fault kasi hindi ko kumakain ng mga ganito, ganun. It's also because we're not properly educated on a proper diet. We're just constantly feared into stop eating this, stop eating that, ganun, ganun. We're never really told what we should actually be adding into our plates. Diba? I mean, if you're talk, if you're if you're not talking to a dietitian, a dietitian will tell you. Uh, yeah. <laughs> you talk to your dietitian. <laughs> I also noticed in a lot of um publication materials um before, even when I was a student, there are a lot of publication materials that would say don't do this, don't do this, don't do this, and rarely lang no publication materials that says do this, do this, do this. So para we're we're built on fear. Because don't do this because of this. Don't do this because of this. And really not really not really not talaga yung do this, do this. Which we should do. I think it's our calling also to do that. We should do this. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. That's also why I love to say focus on what you can add rather than what you can restrict. And what I always tell my clients is you have to have a nourishment mindset rather than a restrictive mindset. For example, a restrictive mindset kasi is like this. Stop drinking soda. So, bakit siya nagiging restrictive? Because the only thing you're thinking about is not to drink soda. For the rest of your day, you're just thinking, don't drink soda, don't drink soda, don't drink soda. But if you have a more nourishment goal, like drink more water, now you have a habit. Now you have something that you're working towards. Oh, I'm going to drink more water. I'm going to drink more water. And... If by chance that allows you to minimize your soda intake because you're more hydrated, but now you're not frustrated when you're thinking about soda because you've constantly been telling yourself not to have it, right? A lot of it really comes down to our mindset. And if you're constantly telling yourself, don't have sugar, don't do, 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 do that's all you're going to think about. I love that. So um, basically, I'm, I'm very amazed when the, there, there's this first um, publication material that I saw on your uh, IG. It's this is bread, but you can add mm, a banana, yeah. mm-hmm. banana or peanut butter to complete your meal. So, like as a dietitian, I was educated to, and also for me to tell my students to let them remember that if ever it doesn't necessarily mean that you will you will put and separate them in, in your pinggan. Mm-hmm. You can still achieve pinggang pinoy, but just add it. And you can follow Joseph Ashram for that. Oh. <laughs> yes, follow. Also. That's a good thing. 
Yeah. I love that you mentioned ano, Napinggang Pinoy kasi diba, that's also something we don't really focus on as much in the Philippine setting. Um, but it, it's such an important tool kasi for us to just look at, especially in the context of our life. Like locally, it's localized already. Everyone's always looking for diets that are from here and here and here and it doesn't feel good for them. But when you focus locally, there's, there's Napinggang Pinoy that really can help us. Diba? And your local dietitians, right? Yeah. Oh. <laughs> yes, love that. The hype, the hype. Let's go. <laughs> okay, let's take another one over here. Sugar causes diabetes. Ooh. Sugar causes diabetes. Not sugar alone causes diabetes, but your lifestyle, your physical activity, your genes. It's hereditary, also. And what else? Do you have anything to add? Environmental factors, the 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 where you live um plays a really big role as well. Yung stress of certain things that are happening in your life plays a very big role. While sugar can increase the risk of diabetes in certain situations, we can't blame it on its own. That that's why I hate you. Hate not hate. Hate's a strong word. But when you know when somebody's like posting a dessert. Tapos their comments are like parang uh, diabetes, de ba? Parang I see diabetes. Gano, gano. I'm just like, grab it, guys. Let's not do that, <laughs> you know? Because eating a cookie or putting sugar in your milk is not automatically going to lead to diabetes. Um, in most studies, that actually shows that sugar on its own is not the cause of diabetes, but sometimes it's caloric um, excess over time. That's number one. Um, apart from genetic factors because um there are certain genes that we have that gets uh, activated through certain lifestyle factors so we can't say it's sugar on its own not saying that sugar doesn't cause it right away it's not the main cause but it can risk increase risk but it doesn't must get snacked it's not the main cause okay <laughs> period blank okay that's it <laughs> anyway at least some 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 people like my relatives some if I don't want to engage, no. Sometimes you don't want to engage. It's repeatedly told. Uh, I repeatedly told them already. But yeah, I think it's better also to be the to be the bigger person and like educate them at some point. Yeah, or step away, pagini na kaya. <laughs> Me <laughs> setting my boundaries. I'm out. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> Okay, so let's do a little bit of some tips now. What food can I take to lower my sugar? So let's say this is somebody who has blood sugar concerns and they want to lower their blood sugar. So what are some tips that we can give them aside from the usual tips that we hear online, which is just stop eating sugar, you know? Okay, first of all, diet-wise, let's include fiber in the diet, unsaturated fats, proteins, most especially so your sugar, when eaten alone, spikes up so fast, your blood sugar. So you have to include other nutrients, and most especially yung mga complex na mga nutrients, like fiber, para mahirapan naman yung katawan natin to digest, and that means <laughs> we must tataas again. Yeah, slower, you release yung, slower release of the sugar into your bloodstream. Mm-hmm. Yes, yeah. So like you include more nutrients, and don't eat sugar alone. So, wag, wag mo silang kainin na alone. Kailangan maraming nutrients yung kasama sa food mo. And if possible, 
ay encourage na um, complex yung kakainin natin para mahirapan yung katawan na mag-digest. Okay. Um, apart from your diet, you can also exercise. Like, there's this, of course, this this tip is already parang gas-gas na because parati natin siya ginagamit. There's 120 to 150, oh, I mean, 120 to 150 minutes of moderate exercise, paulit-ulit na lang, in a week. So, not necessarily that you have to do it every day, but for the alternate days, so you don't have to be anxious na, oh my gosh, hindi ako nakapag-exercise for today. So, that's fine. You can exercise tomorrow. So, yeah, I think that's yeah. true. Do you have any? Yeah, yeah. Okay. So, to add to the first one, so aside from pairing your carbohydrates with some protein, fiber, and fats, also important to space out your carbohydrate intake throughout the day. So this is kind of one of the biggest things that dietitians will tell you, which is kind of, um, well, we call it more like carb counting generally in um, like the diet perspective. You don't have to do that naman, um, exactly. But for example, you spread out your carb intake. Instead of having three cups of rice in the morning and then no carbs throughout the day, you're going to spread out those carbs throughout the day because you want to give your body a chance to absorb and digest it. If you give your body a bunch of um, carbs in one meal, it's going to kind of go, oh, okay, and dami natin kailangan absorb and digest. So it's going to have a little bit of a harder time to, to put that into the cells to be used. But if you spread it out, you're giving your body time to like, oh, okay, there's a wave of food coming in. We got this. Let's rest. Oh, ito na. Babalik na siya. Kaya ko na to. Instead of yung automatic na, oh, ito na naman. You know? So we take it in. Yeah, we take it in slow waves. And it's actually interesting because I just talked to a dietitian on Twitter. Well, we didn't talk. One tweet lang yun. But essentially, we talked about how parang usually kasi pag diabetic management, automatic sugar lang yung tinitignan. We don't look at the other things that we should... Same with kanina, diba? We're just talking, looking at one factor and not the other things that are really part of the diet that you also have to, to look at. No? So, timing... Type of carbs, yes. Also, yung pairing of carbs. And then, movement. Oh, and sleep. Don't forget your sleep. So important. Yeah. I forgot that. No, the, there, there is this one technique or one tip that our dietitians from our internship told us. That if we're going to educate a diabetic patient, our food intake must be every four hours. They told us that. I don't know if there's a research regarding that, but it's right that we also have to space our carbohydrates and meals in, in the right intervals so that our body would digest and would use that. And then there's another digest and, and use, digest use, not in one bulk. Yeah, you, you're giving it time because it's just like a train. You know, my train of food, na may, my schedule, so para alam aware yung katawan mo na oh okay prep tayo ready na tayo for this, diba? It's it's kind of just like that. Um, it can be four hours, it can be every three to four, depending on you and your schedule, and of course depending on the amount of food, um, per meal as well. Okay. Thank you so much for being in this episode. I I loved all of your insights. Thank you. Also, I also love I just I just have to say this. I'm a fan. I love your inspiration. I love I love all you you know, you're so confident. This is just 
me admire you as a fan, okay? And as a dentist also. Come on, please. <laughs> please keep going. I really do love your content and really do love your confidence, you know? You look beautiful. Kaya nga, yung parang sabi nila na yung British ang kalbo, sige, you use that. <laughs> Bakit? <laughs> right? You look beautiful. You, you look beautiful and I admire you. Oh, why'd you do this to me? Thank you so much. But um, from my perspective, naman, I just want to say thank you for being an educator because I think that's so important. And mostly because you do have the context of the generation now to really bring that into the future R&Ds. So I'm just like, hands down to you that you are taking on the task of preparing the future R&Ds of the world. So Yes, appreciate that so much as well. Thank you. Before we go, though, where can everybody find you? You can follow my socials. That's in IG and Facebook page. At, and that's at Dietitian Karen. I still have no TikTok yet. Parang personal point TikTok. So soon, probably. TikTok pa yan. <laughs> Come on, let's take the spice on TikTok. <laughs> Yay. So follow at Dietitian Karen on your um, Instagram and your Facebook for more nutrition information, guys. And for all of the future R&Ds, sana maging instructor nyo siya. Oh. Pressure, <laughs> joke <laughs> Alright, thank you so much. And that is the end of the episode. Thank you so much for listening in and I hope you learned a lot about sugar and a little bit more about how we can implement it into our life and our diet and all of those things. If you want to be part of the next conversations, then don't forget to follow the pod. You can also follow us on Instagram at the Donut Box Pod. You can follow me at Astro Sebastian on Instagram, TikTok, YouTube, and Twitter. You can also follow at healwithjoe.rnd on Instagram. The Donut Box Podcast is an anima podcast podcast, so don't forget to follow them for the latest pods. Till the next episode, you always deserve to eat.